0: Welcome to the Midnight Podcast. I'm your host, Stories After Midnight. The story we will be reading today is my friend texts me every day to come open
1: doors for him, and it's driving me crazy. How do I help him get over his weird hang-up? By Let's Split Up from Reddit. Let's get into it. It's the weirdest thing. And I mean, it's gotten to the point it affects his
0: everyday functioning. It's stopped being quirky, and become, like, a debilitating mental health issue, you know? It all started a couple weeks ago. My friend Tim lets it drop in conversation one day that he thinks he's got a stalker. And of course, I'm like, what? Stalker? And he's like, yeah, there's this figure I keep seeing, kind of far away and, like, out of the corner of my eye usually, followed me here. He's deaf, by the way, so he's signing this to me. That's why I typed it out as figure. In sign language, you don't really have pronouns. He uses the sign that means someone or something, and uses two fingers to indicate the someone's eyes staring, and staring at him from a distance. We're in a coffee shop. I ask him to point out the figure. So he goes outside and looks around, and points to the intersection a block down. It being the city during the morning rush, there are people walking around all over, and I'm like, the lady in the red hat? The dude in the packer's jacket. He keeps shaking his head. No, no. But he's got his eye on something. Or someone. He tells me forget it and we go back inside. And he doesn't mention it again. When I ask at the end of our meeting if I should be concerned, he waves me off and says, all casual. Nah, it's good. Like he's embarrassed he brought it up. But then a few days later, he video calls me. Asking to meet up again. Like, right now. Can I meet him for dinner? And I've already got plans, but he looks so strung out, so I say sure. We meet at a small diner. He's barely sat down at the table across from me when he says, signing very low, so no one can see, even though chances of the babbling people around us knowing sign language are pretty darned low. Look, see the woman outside the window? I look, searching the street outside. There's only the ordinary pedestrian traffic of the late afternoon. I look back at Tim and shrug. His eyes dart to the window and he describes the woman he sees. Burnett, thirties or forties, gray sweatshirt and pants. Okay. I look again. Well, there's a woman, curly brown hair with her kid. No, no, no. He shakes his head, signs and runs his fingers through his hair, then turns and stares. Keeps staring. I lean over to follow his gaze to the window. There's no one there. Hey, I sign. Are you sure you're feeling okay? I've been seeing her every day for two weeks, he interrupts, signing quickly now. She started far away, but each day she's gotten closer. He moves his hands closer and closer together and adds, I'm worried what happens when... His hands touch. Who is she? Have you tried approaching her? Is is she like someone you know? All I can think is it must be a relative like maybe he's hallucinating someone important to him. Tim has a history of depression, has struggled with some form of mental illness throughout most of his life, and spent most of his youth navigating stuff alone or holding it in, because his family is hearing and never bothered to learn sign language. It strikes me to wonder if the woman has ever signed to him, but when I ask if she's hearing or deaf, he shakes his head. I don't know. I don't know and tells me he's never met her.
1: Well, not really. But he knows who she is. I snort. It seems like he's being purposefully obscure.
0: He claims he knows her, but never met her. I ask him again who she is. He gets more agitated, rubbing his arms and looking over his shoulder. Oh, he says. She's moved. Where, I ask. Door. There is no one at the door. Clearly no one but he keeps sneaking glances, looks at me and smiles and gives me that two-fingered motion again of eyes staring and staring, watching him. I ask him if he wants to leave. He says no, she'll just show up wherever he goes. I push my chair out and go to the door. He's watching me with a strange mixture of horror and fascination. I push open the door and step outside and come back in and sit back down next to him. I reiterate to him that there's no one there. He rubs his palms into his eyes and finally
1: says, Okay, okay. I ask him again how he knows her. This past summer, Tim tells me he
0: and his friends went camping. Old friends he hadn't seen since Gallaudet. One of them knew of a hiking trail with some scenic views, remote enough to be less traveled than the most famous peaks. There's a cabin along the trail, rustic but well built. A log cabin like in a picture on a postcard. The outhouse has a little window in the door and similar log construction. Everyone goes into the cabin, but Tim comes back out to use the outhouse. The stench is bad, even from a distance. Tim holds his breath, wondering if he shouldn't just go in the woods instead. But he braves the reek and opens the door, and a cloud of flies bursts out, swirling around him in a storm of black wings. And at that moment, The stench hits him like a wave, making his inside, making his eyes water and his stomach buck as he stumbles away from the outhouse and hurls. When he looks inside, there's a woman sitting on the toilet bench. She's kind of curled in the corner, gray sweatshirt, gray sweatpants, brown hair draping down around her. What little he can see of her face, her skin is bloated and splotchy. He gets only a glimpse. And then... He rushes to the cabin screaming, bursts in hands flying, call police, police now, woman dead bathroom, call police now, 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 and his friends look up from poring over a backpack they found, with wallet and phone and uneaten moldy lunch, and it all so clearly belongs to the corpse in the outhouse. And it's definitely the same woman? I ask him. He nods. The police came and took away her body, he says. They found no evidence of foul play, and he and his friends were allowed to leave after questioning. He shows me her obituary. She was apparently cremated, and her funeral was a few weeks ago. But it is definitely her, he says. Okay, I think for a minute. Well, you had a really traumatic incident. I mean, that had to be traumatic, finding a dead body. So, like, maybe what you're seeing is because of, like,
1: flashbacks from the trauma. You haven't asked me how she died. Oh, well, how did she die? He tells
0: me she died of dehydration when after a few days, the heat and lack of water killed her, but she could have come out at any time. There was nothing stopping her. No lock on the door. No marks or signs of violence. No animal tracks outside. Nothing. Why would she choose to stay and die? Why? He's obviously been torturing himself over this question. Strange, I agree, but I'm much more concerned for Tim's mental health than I am for this woman who decided to end her life in the woods. Tim's obsession with her, his trauma from finding her after her death, has done a number on his already delicate mental state. Do you think your obsession with figuring out why she died might be fueling these visions? I ask him. I mean, regardless if you're seeing her because of trauma or because of some hallucination, it's not like you can change what happened. I think you should see a psychiatrist. See if you can get some meds to kill the hallucination. He chuckles humorlessly. Kill? A hallucination who's already dead? But he agrees to see a psychiatrist. He seems to be feeling a little restored when we get up to leave. At the door, though, he pauses, his face twisting in anxiety.
1: He waits, letting me go first to open it, and motions me to hold it wide for him. Only then does he step through. Three days later, I get another message from Tim. He's stuck and begs me to come to
0: his place. When I arrive, his door is ajar, but it feels rude to walk in, so I press the doorbell and watch the lights flash. My phone buzzes. Come on in. Tim greets me the moment I step inside, like he was right there, waiting. He's got his bag in hand, tells me he's light, he's going to be in so much trouble at work. Would I please come with him downstairs? He'll explain later? He ushers me down the staircase, and at the front door of the building, draws up sharp, so that I almost bang into him. And he motions me to get the door, even though it's partly open, and he could easily push it. I fling it wide, and he dashes out, signing, Thank you, sorry, I'll explain after work. That evening, he asks me to let him back into his building, and after I let him in, the door is not even locked. The building front door is ajar. He leads me up to his unit and inspects the door. It's closed. His posture visibly relaxes as he unlocks it and invites me in for a beer. Then he admits to me sheepishly that he's had a rough few days. Actually called in sick a couple times, because now she is always at the door. Who? I ask, and then at his withering look. Oh, but we we just came through the door. Yeah, open doors are fine, closed doors are fine, but she, didn't you notice the building door was ajar? He shows the partially open door with his hands, a slight gap between them, and then grips one hand that represents the door with the other.
1: Her fingers were holding it open. Um, I don't know what to say to this. It seems like a whole new level of delusion. Tim
0: hands me a beer from the fridge, explaining that she is always at the door now. But he only sees her fingers, and sometimes, her eyes. So what happens if you open the door, I wonder? He just takes a swig of his beer morosely, and then his gaze goes distant. He's focused on something behind me.
1: I turn around. The bedroom door is ajar. I swing back to look at him. Is she there? The bedroom. You see her fingers? His eyes met mine, his face flat. Deaf people are usually very expressive.
0: Half the grammar is on the face, not the hands. But lately, he's been almost a robot. And then finally, he makes that gesture.
1: Two fingers pointed at himself, staring and staring. Then he signs, F.M.L. I stand, go to the ajar door.
0: Tim pales, eyes rounding, but says nothing. Just takes another sip of his beer and watches me. I push the door. Reach up, run my hand down the length of the ajar edge, push it open further, swing it back and forth, look at him, and raise my eyebrows like, see, it's nothing. Nothing's there. He grunts and his eyelids flutter. I don't think he's been sleeping enough.
1: Hey, do you need someone to stay with you? Nah, he waves me off. Go home. So I do. But here's why I'm writing this. He hasn't gotten better. He keeps asking me to help him when he gets stuck. Once it
0: was at his workplace, other times at his apartment. The last time I was there, I noticed he took off all the doors except the front door to his unit. It's gotten to be utterly debilitating to his life. And the last time I saw him, he kept ranting. Ranting at me about her. About how it didn't save her. And I didn't understand what he meant. Obviously no one saved her. She was dead when he found her. No, no. He burst at me. You don't understand everything she'd suffered through, and it didn't save her. I can tell he's falling into depression. I'm worried he's going to quit his job
1: and just stop leaving his apartment and never come out. How do I help my friend? Here's an update to the story. I
0: never actually posted what I wrote above because I felt like maybe I shouldn't bear Tim's troubles to the world, like it's not my story. But I'm sharing it now because... Well, because he called me this afternoon furious. He followed my advice, and the psychiatrist told him to put the doors back on, and if he saw the fingers again to close his eyes and open the door, that it's a compulsion he needs to gain power over. So he followed the instructions, put all the doors back up in his place, and now, he told me, he's screwed. He got stuck in his closet. Look, I'll head over, and then we'll open the door together, All right? Hold your hand while you push. I might have said this a bit too sarcastically, but then while I was heading over, I remembered his last rant to me about her. About how everything she suffered didn't save her. Of course, at the time, I thought, duh, you found her rotting. Obviously, she wasn't saved.
1: But while I was busing to his place... that's when it finally struck me, what he really meant. See, the fact he found her
0: body in the corner meant she never opened the door. She chose to die rather than going near that door, but it still got her. And maybe that means there's no way for Tim to escape either. As this revelation hits, a sudden icy panic grips me because I'm the one who told him to go see the doctor. And it was all in his head and to just buck up and open the door. And my heart hammers a thousand beats a minute like a hummingbird as I try to video call him. It rings and rings. And finally, the agonizing bus ride ends and I'm leaping off the bus and rushing into his building, and taking the steps two at a time. I let myself into his place, out of breath, fling open the closet door. Nothing but clothes on hangers, shoeboxes, plastic storage bins and blankets. Stomp my foot hard on the wooden planks of the hardwood floor to alert him to my arrival. Nothing. Retreat back out to the bedroom, bathroom, living room. Stomp again so hard and loud the downstairs neighbors are sure to complain. No response. Call his phone. Call and call. Finally see its light flashing from the closet floor behind the door. And as I lean down to pick it up, when I straighten, I notice that the door, it was swung close behind me and is now just barely ajar. And there, wrapped around the edges of the closet door, are Tim's fingers. At first, I think it's a prank. Ha ha, I sign sarcastically, even though he can't see me. And I reach for the door, and stop.
1: I'm not sure why I stop. Some instinct. I wait for him to open it, and it's been over an hour.
0: I'm still waiting. I think I'm going to need some help getting out, but then once I do, what
1: do I do next? How do I make sure that I... Oh, God. Tim just... His hand is still curled around the door and his index finger just uncurled and curled again, beckoning me closer. Please help me. What should I do? And that's it. I really hope you enjoyed this story. If you
0: did and you're on YouTube, consider liking the video, commenting, and subscribing. If you're anywhere else, well, I just hope you liked it. A huge shout out to uh, my Patreon members and YouTube members. We've got a little thing going over on Patreon, kind of working on some stuff, potential game nights, maybe uh, podcasts, whatever. I'm still trying to figure it out. Also, there are early access videos. The way that it's going on right now, um, just uploading as soon as I'm finished editing, so you don't have to wait for the schedule. So just trying to give back to those who do decide to financially support the channel, which I greatly appreciate all of you. Uh, If you'd like to hang out with us, you can come join us on our Discord. It's pretty low-key, so you can find a link to all of
1: this in the description. And with all that said, I really hope you enjoyed the story, and we'll see you in the next one.